0: Hello, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Peak Earth. I'm your host, Case Bradford. Today, I'm joined by Michael Lucchesi. Michael is a teacher in New York City. He teaches both special education classes and classes for high achieving students. He's an advocate for shu-jitsu and teaches kids jujitsu as well. He's also a certified yoga teacher and health coach. In this conversation, we touch on how he lost 80 pounds in one year how he stood up for his health freedom during the tyrannical coronavirus restrictions and many, many more fascinating topics. Hope you enjoy this conversation. And if you do, I would really appreciate a positive review. And with no more further ado, here's the episode. Michael, how's it going?
1: What's up, Case? Going well. Awesome. How are you doing?
0: Man, I'm doing great. Today is is wonderful. It's um, so Monday. It's 10, 10 2022. Woke up and had some some coffee. I even had some small cannabis infused chocolates. So that was a nice, nice. Um, interesting way to start the day. It's I guess it's it's a national holiday today as well. So I get <laughs> to enjoy a nice uh, tail end of the long weekend.
1: Nice. Yeah, that's a great way to end the weekend.
0: Yeah. So you have a national holiday as well. We we were talking about this over, over email. And it's, it's like a couple of different holidays in the, in the New York system. A
1: couple. Yeah. There's a big argument over what to call today. Um, it's traditionally what was called Columbus day, but I think about a handful of years ago, they switched it to indigenous people's day. And then um, Italians got, or Italian Americans got pretty upset about that. So then they started fighting for like, you know, quote unquote, their day back. And now it's indigenous people's day slash italian heritage day um so it seems like now today neither parties are happy um so now they're both fighting over to get that day back for each other so we'll see where it goes in the future but yeah it's 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 interesting
0: wow, holidays are funny it's uh, especially when when they change around i don't I don't remember there being any other not much conflict over the other holidays. People are pretty much just like <laughs> find it, go trick or treating on Halloween or whatever it is, but some of these holidays just get like uh, get people charged up.
1: People um people who I who I work with used to where I used to make their heads turn when um so for people listening, I've worked as an English teacher and a special education teacher for a little bit. Um and one of the things that I used to have my juniors in high school read so that we could analyze it for, you know, rhetorical choices was, uh, Columbus's letters and the, and the diary that he would keep. Um, sometimes kids would mostly, I mean, for the most part, kids would find it really interesting just to read something that old and from that guy's perspective. Um, but some people couldn't believe that I would have kids read that, even though I thought it was one of the best things that you could read, not because you either support him or are against him, but just to be exposed to that kind of stuff, it's, I think it helps you understand how much we've grown as people too. So I don't know. I, that was always fun for me to do around this time of the year.
0: Well, he must've done something notable and worth paying attention to if we're still saying his name 500 years. Right. later.
1: <laughs> all right. And it, and it always makes me think about the quote. Uh, I forget who said it, but you know, not all great men are good men. And then, uh, you know, you could think about a ton of people that had a great impact on the world that you might not, you know, want to have a beer with or, you know, you might want you might not want to call your best friend because they might have been, you know, a little barbaric compared to today's standards. But, yeah, no, there's a difference between being a great man and having a great impact on the world and also just being a good man. So that that quote always resonates with me when I'm thinking of someone like Columbus. Yeah, I,
0: I believe we're all flawed. Nobody's even close to perfect. So if you are able to really self-actualize to the point where you're making a deep dent in the universe to the point where future generations still talk about you way down the line, I mean, you're definitely going to be bringing along some strong darkness into the equation as well. You know the, Right stronger your light grows, the stronger your, your darkness grows, the, the bright light casts a dark shadow and nobody, nobody can escape that. It's like a constant, it can be a constant battle. So if you're being insanely, becoming insanely powerful, like that power can cut both ways.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and I feel like today people miss nuance or nuance is not really appreciated. Like, you know, things aren't always good or bad. There's a lot of gray. Especially with stuff like this.
0: Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. It's like, man, thinking black and white is just a trap that mm-hmm. I feel like so many people fall into. Why do you why do you think why do you think that is?
1: I think I think people want security. I think people want the security of knowing that they know. And you know, knowing that how they're living and the parameters in which they're living by are right. Like, you know, like, I'm on, you know, team right, I'm on team left, or I'm on team black, I'm on team white. You know, like, this is how it is. And the rest of the world is, is whoever's not living in alignment with my philosophy is wrong. I think that gives people a sense of security. And I think it's much more difficult and challenging to say, you know, I don't know, or it could be this, it could be that. And you know, to always be in question. So I think that that's why majority of people sit in that black and white thought process.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense to me. It also, it also seems like maybe because we, we've had a conversation on a podcast before on, on your podcast, on, on the heuristic it's episode 12, a great podcast that you have out in the ether and something I remember talking about, was the way that our our environment shapes the way that we kind of think and and see the world and uh, i think maybe some of the like black and white angular thinking is due to just kind of being indoors a lot where we see less you know nature tends to be much more fluid and holistic and uh, there's not much black and white thinking in nature no it's like all integrated it's all kind of across a spectrum so it there is kind of a lot of black and white thinking and, and structure, you know, in these structures that we've built for ourselves to inhabit and which will, you know, shape our minds in return. So the, there's a lot of hard angles and, and, you know, definitely a lot of cut and dry decisions that were made, you know, making these things.
1: 100%. And, and, and like you said, I think it's a trap to a degree and until you see yourself in that trap. And then that's when you could start lifting your head up above the water. And, you know seeing more options and different ways of thinking different you recognize different patterns and stuff like that and then that that's where I think growth really starts
0: yeah that's a that's a great way of looking at it and when you when you talk about growth I'm curious in, in your own arc as your journey to becoming a man what were some of the biggest catalyzers of, of, of growth that, that you've experienced where they really certain challenges that you've been through or missions and objectives that you went on or what, how did that play out for you?
1: I think about this a lot and uh, I I love talking with you because not many people ever ask that or like, you know, verbalize that out loud. But I think ultimately one of the greatest lessons I learned when losing 80 pounds over like, you know, span of a year, year and a half was that I had to start with loving myself first. And I think a lot of my personal growth accelerated after that, because once I came from that point, or once I started from that point, I was then able to forgive myself in the past for doing things incorrectly, or you know maybe not living up to certain standards or expectations. Um, And then when you're operating with that clear mind, you you just create much more momentum and acceleration in the direction. That you are desiring to go in, um, and then that just creates somewhat of a positive feedback loop. I feel to be in more control, and you get more clarity. So I think starting with loving myself first, because you know when I was unhealthy um, and out of shape, you know maybe in my mid twenties, I was coming from a place of like you know lacking self that self love. And, you know, needing to grip on to anything that I could to make me feel better on the external. And like we've talked about before, I had to go in in order to go without uh, in the directions that I wanted to go. So I would definitely say starting with loving myself first. And it sounds cliche, um, but from that point or from that moment, that that's really where much of my growth in my adult years really started. I I definitely think I had a good foundation in starting martial arts when I was 20. Um, So I think creating that sense of discipline and understanding delayed gratification uh, and seeing my growth from, you know, not being able to throw out a sidekick or not even being able to lift up the chamber for a sidekick or, you know, a roundhouse or having no flexibility, having no idea how to throw a punch to then, you know, five years later, feeling like I could throw a pretty, you know, clean punch if if I had to, or, you know, defend myself to a decent degree. I think that gave me a good foundation, but the mental game wasn't there yet. And it took me to really get to a lower point and being sick and tired of being sick and tired to go as deeply in as I guess I would have or have until that point.
0: Wow. So you lost 80 pounds in the course of a year you said
1: about like a year and a half that's pretty yeah
0: I feel like that's fast
1: it, it, was, it was it was pretty fast yeah or it felt fast at least
0: yes yeah, so that's that's like a pound or, or two a week wait that's more than a pound a week How, how'd you pull that off what, what did you do to go about making that change
1: so it's it's interesting you could eat like I even talked to my wife about this all the time I was more strict with my diet and what I was eating before losing weight, than compared to when I was, so I don't know if it was just a mindset, a mindset shift, but um, and and this sounds extreme to some people when I share it, but I started to treat myself as like you know a a hunter gatherer. That that's why when I saw you in the spring put out that you were doing a, a simulated hunt before you started the extended fast, that resonated with me so deeply because that's how I was kind of treating myself, and, you know, I'm sure people would tell me that I had, you know, an eating disorder, or they would label it in any which way, but I made myself earn my meals to a degree, like, I would bust my ass in a workout, and then I would always eat after my workout, or, you know, my one main meal I would eat after my workout, Um, you know, if I went to go on a long run with my brother and then I lifted weights. Maybe I would treat myself to, you know, a snack that I always wanted, but I just had it in my mind that when I was working out, I was on a hunt. And then, um, you know, when I would eat afterwards, that was me getting the reward of that work, that, that proof of work, so to say. Um, So I think making that relationship between uh, working and then fueling myself after created a, a good feeling in my body. It felt like it was just right. I I like working out fasted to a degree. Um, so yeah, it just became easier over time. Then I got into intermittent fasting. And uh, once I saw a decent amount of results, like, you know, um, you know, maybe losing the first 20 pounds, I said, okay, maybe I, I could I could keep this thing going. Um, eventually, when I got down to losing that eight those 80 pounds, I felt a little light. And then that's where I realized, you know, I, I don't know if this is the best weight for me. And then since then I've been, you know, maybe 10 pounds heavier than my lightest, 10 to 15 pounds heavier, which is kind of where I feel my best at.
0: Wow, that's a powerful strategy.
1: It, sa- it sounds crazy to people though. Yeah, because I've, I've, I've said it to a couple people and they, and they look at me kind of weird. I'm like, all right, maybe I maybe I shouldn't have shared this with this person because, you know, some people get sensitive with uh, their own challenges, but it wasn't me trying to put anything on them. I was just sharing, like, you know, I just tried to view myself in a way, uh, you know, in which my body is meant to be used, you know? Like, we weren't – our DNA and our hardware is the same hardware for, I don't know, hun- hundreds of thousands of years, pretty much, um, and our software is – like, you know, completely different than what we were working with back then. So I felt like if I put my body into a more primal circumstance to however or to whatever degree I could in, you know, 2016, um, I, that, that whole idea just grabbed me and it really resonated with me. Yeah, good
0: thing it did too, because it, it was a really powerful process to deliver you the, the results that you wanted, the results that many millions of Americans and and even more across the world would would like to have access to. And for whatever reason, it was that idea was able to take root in your mind and and seed and sprout and grow into an entire new body mind that you're able to have a little more dynamic living styles now that, that you're inhabiting a fitter body mind. It, and I, I agree with you as, as someone who has experimented and, and used and, and benefited from implementing more ancestral tactics and, and living by ancestral health principles has, has been a really powerful modality and portfolio of habits that, that I've integrated into my life. And it's also interesting how many people will just reject the idea out of hand because it's linked with, with a, a deep past our, our roots, which is, is tragic and funny at the same time
1: it's 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 really interesting i i that so that that's really how i got introduced into fasting because i was just asking myself questions you know what would our ancestors had to have done if they weren't successful on a hunt or they didn't have food for a handful of days like would they just give up like no they, they would they would have to you know turn it up a notch even more. And, uh, you know, so, you, like they would have to focus on prioritizing getting food if they already, like, you know, didn't have uh, other options available. So, you know, they didn't have a food store to drive five minutes to or to walk to. So as I started to mess around with fasting too, it started to make my mind think differently. I felt differences in my body and I just felt more alive. So as I was doing what I was doing, I was feeling more alive as that time went on. So I knew that there were a million different studies you could look at, different articles you could read, but I was really just trying to see how I felt and what was working for me. Um, and that, that's really where my interest in you uh, with focusing on intuition and intuitive practices um, lies as well because that that's really what I was using. My intuition was my beacon, really. And um, it still is to this day, like, you know, we could take in all the information that we want. And it's useful. And some of it will be useful. But I really think that we have all the answers that we're looking for inside.
0: Yeah, it's been an an aspect of reality that's only come on strong for me in the past couple years, few years. And that was in a way after I was able to get healthier at least achieve a state where I felt, Oh, I'm, I'm healthy. Like I'm, I have vitality now. It wasn't kind of more suffering or, or less deep layers of suffering that, that I would experience as a result of, of having um, misaligned habits right. um, in accordance with, with holistic health principles, ancestral, you know, health principles and, and, once, once I did, I, I did begin to tune into that thing. This like I got, would get better ideas. Was, I was thinking this morning, what is intuition? It, in a way, it feels like a good idea generator. And, and where do ideas come from? And, and what is the way that they sort of coalesce in, into something being like a good idea or a bad idea? Or, you know, quality mm-hmm. of ideas is, is something I experience an, an influx, an outflux in on a day-to-day basis, almost based on, on what I, my only assumption is this thing we call health like this state of vitality that we um, have which extends off into so many domains and it could be energy it, it could be uh, physical capabilities it could be the way we're able to remember things and um, you know have a complex conversation there, there are just so many outflows of this one well we call wellness and yeah, it's, it, it's, it's crazy to think that what we've done and what many others have done is, is pretty accessible.
1: It's, it's interesting because um, we're living in a consumer-dominant culture. And, and that's definitely something I was aware of, too. At that, So I was 25 when I really started to make that shift in my health journey. And I was definitely aware of what consumer culture was and how it was affecting me and people around me. Um, but yeah I, I don't know so it's not like I was I guess I was rejecting it to a degree and I started to realize that I don't need to consume more to be more or to turn into my or to you know achieve my highest potential that, that's not how it works and I think consumer culture teaches you to consume 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 in order to become and uh, on my own path and I'm sure on your path you've realized that that's not necessarily true
0: yeah an amazing amount of great things in life are free. all the best things some say it's like it's probably true too all the all the best things in life are free and it's easy to forget that, especially if we aren't raised in a way or well, none of us are really raised in a culture you know mother culture it gives us a high degree of of parenting um, and there's almost no way around it as as you grow up, you interact a, a ton with the culture, basically everyone outside your family. so even if you do have the best parents in the world the American culture is is all sort of geared in a way designed in a way to foster that commercialization of of, of everything in life and
1: yeah and like even even look at what we're doing right now we're we're on opposite sides of the country and we're having a conversation about anything and everything and the only thing that we're spending is our time right like we're not we're not consuming anything we're 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 choosing to spend our time together which to me is a beautiful thing. That, that's one of the coolest things that I get to do, uh, you know, at this at this point in my life. So, I would totally agree in that some of the best things in life are free. Even though, like you know, of course, our time has a cost. But this is something that I love spending my time on. And um, I think if if people started to think more in that way and you know less in reaching out, trying to look for all the answers, um, I think they'll have more clarity and get a better sense of direction in which way they want to go whether that's in their health journey business relationships anything really
0: yes yes i could I, I agree completely and even just thinking about conversation um what we're doing here especially without without any distraction really um so different from the average interaction that you have with someone there's like Certainly, more shallow conversations and and if there are deeper conversations often uh, there's distraction in the in the mix so and, and something does happen um, when people sit down and dialogue and I bet part of that is amelioration of the black and white thinking that we talked about earlier that is a bit of a, a plague because you get to learn someone else's perspective and there's just a ton of benefits i I wonder how how martial arts kind of shaped your journey um, in this, you, you mentioned that giving you an idea about um, learning, that repetition sort of improves, if, if done intentionally, and, and how practice makes makes progress. And what led you to martial arts? And how did that how did that give you maybe the skills that that you were missing to then change change your life um, later on down the line?
1: So Um, I'm sure like many other guys our age, when when I was younger, I was a big fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, I I loved everything about them, and I just loved martial arts in general. I, I always thought that they seemed, or martial artists seemed stoic. I didn't even know what the word stoic meant or was at that point in my life. But there's always just a sense of cool and calm that they would carry when navigating um so I think wanting to learn a martial art was always in me and I was always curious too and eventually when I had the opportunity to it was a smaller school um, local by me it was a striking martial art and uh, I remember on my first day I just felt so out of place I, I was so rigid um, I, I I didn't know how to do anything I didn't know how to stand uh, and for the first time in my life that was the f- first sport or, you know, activity that was ever individualized or, you know, just one-on-one. Before that, I was consumed with team sports. I played competitive soccer from five to, or four to 18 years old. And then once I got a taste of martial arts and realizing that I could learn how to defend myself or at least be in a position to defend myself if I had to, it was kind of like a drug for me. It just, it hooked me. It, it hooked my soul entirely. Um, and then, like I'm sure you've experienced, once you start to see a little practice, and you know you're hitting a bag or you're sparring someone, I, I just felt more alive and awake than I have in other sports. Um, since our conversation on my podcast. I've been thinking more and more about myself and the role that I played in team sports. And I was always a shy kid, pretty quiet, had a ton of friends and had really good and close friends. But I would always, you know, find a place to hide, even on the field, even within the action. Uh, You know, I wouldn't take risks, I wouldn't take chances. And martial arts quickly made me realize that if I don't take risks and I don't take chances, That I'm going to get bopped in the face or, you know, someone's going to, you know, hit me with a kick or, you know, I'm going to miss something and get injured or, you know, be put in a bad position. So at first it was terrifying, but I had this thing deep inside me that let me know that that's exactly what I needed as a person. Um, And it was one of the best vehicles that I've ever used for self-development. And then after training that martial art for about five years, I took a little break. And then a couple of years after that is when I joined a local jujitsu jitsu gym um, with, with my brother, which is awesome because he's my, my main training partner. Uh, and then jiu-jitsu kind of leveled that up even more because jujitsu jitsu I think, is a little different in that when you're, when you're striking, you could go 100%, but a lot of the times when you're sparring with guys that you're training with on a routine basis like, you know, you're trying to see each other tomorrow, right? Like you're trying to continue to train and you're trying to make each other better. So you're not looking to KO that guy. And I, I never competed in that striking martial arts. So, um, I didn't really have a chance to go a hundred percent, but now in jujitsu, I think, you know, like like people have heard Rogan say, you can go pretty much as close to hundred percent as you want. And within a certain reason, and, uh, you know, really see what you're made of and what your skills are made of. So jujitsu kind of leveled up that self-development or that, that vehicle for me even more.
0: Well, yeah, it's something, something about being involved in that uh, direct or as close to direct as, as we can get combat, you know, the tapping into that warrior spirit, which is alive in everyone. And, and you've, you know, need to sort of waken that thing up because it, it can definitely get deadened and um yeah. modern modern lifestyle
1: they want us to be docile yeah
0: yeah there, there is a i mean i would too if i was in, if I was in their position <laughs> we, i think i feel like our, our overall the human race has calmed down to a degree and whether it's due to just accumulated toxins and, and like the, everything or <laughs> it's just the fact that we're learning to be more peaceful but yeah i mean history is kind of wild and scary if you read back through some of the stuff you know some of the stuff but yeah it's also a way that i learned discipline learned discipline that that was another amazing aspect of training martial arts is you know learning learning to control your body and being really intentional about that that has translates into learning to control your mind. it they're both you know one thing so Martial arts is is an excellent way to gain control over your body mind, and mind, and it fuses you with um, an aggression, but not a reckless aggression, like more of a controlled kind of patient ability to look for opportunities and, and try and make the most of them.
1: It's, it's, it's a level of awareness, or it helps you cultivate a level of awareness that I don't think that you could in any other way. You know, I, even guys that I've tried to get to come train jiu-jitsu with me a lot of the time shockingly their their response is oh no man like if i if i had someone else like you know trying to wrestle me i would just see red and you know i would lose my mind and i would look at that person and say okay well i'm just letting you know you wouldn't do anything to them because you're untrained and that's the exact reason that you need to train is to learn how to wield that anger and to wield that fire because if you don't you're not going to ever be able to use it Properly, when and and if you have to. Um, so I, I think, like you're saying, jujitsu. And martial arts in general helped me to make sense of that anger and to make sense of that that rage, and it makes you realize that sometimes you know, the the fight is going to come to you, right? And you might not have a choice, whether that's figuratively or literally in life, you know. So. So, if you have a rock solid mind and you're used to fighting off chokes and people trying to break your limbs, and you know what it feels like to sit in that maybe half a second to two second moment where you have to say, oh shit, my arm is about to break, or I'm about to black out, or I have to tap, like, you know, you're not going to deal with many life issues that are much more challenging or, you know, exhilarating than that. So it it really does harden your mind and your ability to to just be in the world.
0: Absolutely, I agree with that. Um, how many how many times have you seen like witnessed a fight f- firsthand, just out in the wild? And have you ever been have you ever been involved in one one personally or any anything like that?
1: Yeah. So so luckily, I've never been involved in a full blown street fight. I think I've definitely avoided a lot of circumstances, especially when my friends and I were younger, in our early 20s, going out um, in New York City all the time. You you feel that energy and and a lot of people are just looking to fight, especially when they're on top of each other, drinking, partying, doing all that kind of stuff. So I, I think I did a pretty good job at avoiding a lot of situations. And I definitely talked myself out of a lot of possible conflicts um, but I've 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 seen some fights, and I feel my adrenaline start to pump when I even see those fights, um, and and I don't think everyone is as prepared as what we could be. After seeing that, but I I think uh, using your mind to try to either avoid or talk yourself out of conflict is is the best and uh, number one defense for sure.
0: It really is no sense in fighting if, if you can avoid it always you know sprinting is the best martial art to practice
1: yes yeah hundred percent
0: yeah it, from that angle from that angle of actual self-defense uh, just learning how to run quickly and and you know pff, it's also a great workout sprinting is, is
1: <laughs> it is and it's so human it is like think about it if, if we're talking about our ancestors would they look to fight or be in conflict in every single opportunity? It's like, no. Ch- chances are, if they saw danger ahead of them, that fear that would start to come up would be an indicator to fucking run and to get out of there as fast as they could.
0: Yeah, I, I, rem- I remember the first fight that I saw was in high school, and this girl put another girl on the top of the lunch table and then and, straddled and her in full mount and then just started well, punching her. It was like one of the first days of high school. I was like, "Wow!" And that, I think that was a bit of a, a spark for me to at least want to know more about how to defend myself. And then later, wrestling was a sport that I started, uh, martial art that I started. So that was that was definitely helpful for me.
1: Like learning how to control another human. Yes. Like think like even think about it. like that. That took a lot for me to get over. Like, you know, imposing my will on someone else when they might not want it imposed on them. I had a big issue with that. I had a hard time getting over that because I'm, and I grew up so shy and, you know, introverted. I had a hard time. I don't know about you in wrestling, but I had a hard time, you know, possibly hurting someone or, you know, being forceful. That's something that I'm still trying to, I guess, deprogram or decondition myself from. I don't know if you experienced something similar
0: wrestling is definitely different um, than jiu-jitsu. They're very similar as they're they're both grappling martial arts, but it's a different mentality. There's less because the point isn't to like inflict pain or, or submit someone. I, jiu-jitsu submissions, I was always very careful with and um, somewhat hesitant to, you know, hurt somebody, but res, wrestling you can is more there's less opportunity for that because you're just trying to like pin someone down on the ground. Right and their, you know, submission, none of that is allowed. You can't just like, you know, put a submission on someone. So there is less opportunity to really like cause a, cause a pain. Um, I think from that angle, cause our bodies, this is another thing you learn is how resilient, um, the body is, uh, you know, it's, a, it's a toughness training, uh, modality as, as well, toughness levels. When what, and you touched on this before is, is when you were saying when someone's trying to choke you you know regular life isn't gonna bother you as, <laughs> as much anymore it's just everything kind of gets the volume of life gets turned down and you, you have more situational awareness to you know of have, have a new a new set point in in your yeah. mind's eye about what you can take and and what matters and what, what doesn't matter and yeah and and i know these these past two years have been uh, challenging situation and how did how did this how did these skills serve you during that time we, we've touched on a, a lot of different skills but just in general how did how are you prepared for for the past couple of years
1: that's a good question i th- i feel like um it, it gave me the ability to believe in myself and uh that if i put in the work that i will see the results so i guess you would call that faith um and, and a, lot, a lot of other things kind of helped me navigate these last two years, too. I think, you know, living on the fringe a little bit more and getting comfortable with living on the fringe and realizing that a lot of my ideas and thoughts were considered fringe to most mainstream people allowed me to be okay with going even further on the edge. And... Um, I've realized for myself and especially through martial arts that I'm, or I should say that life is happening at that edge or on that fringe. And uh, once you get a taste of that, it's hard to really turn back and to not continuously push your edge and to really challenge everything that you're feeling, thinking, doing, the values that you hold So I'd say martial arts created the perfect foundation for me to get comfortable living in that space, like on that edge, being, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. So especially like, you know, once, uh, you know, the world was shutting down and, you know, eventually last year when, uh, jobs were being threatened, um, that, that mindset and realizing where I've been for a long time allowed me to just look even deeply or even further within and say, you know what? Like you got this, this is no different than anything that you've been doing for the last, I don't know, five, six years with yourself.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a good mindset. Many, many people fell into a fear filled mindset and and really didn't do didn't do so well and then there was another camp of or another part of the human family who reacted in in a different way and was able to turn the past few years and, into a time of for flourishing and into yeah. uh, it's actually been surprising by how many people the past week have have told me that the Pandemic was the best thing that had ever happened to them. And that, that's an amazing statement when you consider what went down.
1: It's, it's a, it was a big turning point for a lot of people because it forced them to really reflect on what they were doing and why in, in, a, in a big manner or on a global scale. And it's not like anyone that is in our immediate circle or you know, tertiary circle wasn't affected by everyone was really impacted in some way shape or form or challenged so it was kind of like a uh like a full-blown public test that (laughs) everyone gets to see the results of which is scary and, and you know some people might not realize that but i think i think i went through a handful of experiences that allowed me to be able to say fuck it like i don't i don't care what anyone thinks i really don't um i know what i believe in and i know why and it sounds crazy, but one of the other things that I think helped me to stay true to my values was surviving the 2018 2019 Bitcoin uh, market crash and people laugh when I say that, but unless you live through it unless you were doing the research and learning and trying to figure out why um, people don't understand what that felt like like i I was down a, a lot of money like but As I was learning more about Bitcoin, educating myself, I couldn't go against the thesis. I I just only had more conviction as time went on. And, you know, have everyone around me saying that I'm crazy for believing in this, like, you know, magic internet money. But I I started to realize that people just weren't doing the work themselves and they weren't learning about it. And uh, I think that experience, too, helped me to double down. On myself, after especially seeing how things played out.
0: Yeah, being the odd man out, being down on your luck, and being a, a black sheep, being the one who stands up for what you believe in and and what you see to be true, and following your your intuition. Most importantly, I, I'd say that's you know we riffed on intuition earlier, and it, I know that following my intuition has been really important, especially when it comes to personal health and your own and what we like your body mind that's really the core of intuition is health is the core of it because that was all we needed to worry about really for forever you know our species was worried about one thing that's just taking care of this body mind and making more replicas of it uh you know those two things that's all that's all this thing that we and how that's (laughs) all it's really geared for at the end of the day everything else is like we're trying to fit it like a circle peg into a square hole. Really, yeah, that's and that's why modern life feels so uncomfortable in a lot of ways because it's just our, our baseline is is not at harmony with with what we experience day to day. And so, following the intuition was has been massive for you um, in a lot of realms of life. Really important, um, seemingly and maybe not life or death situations but you know financial financially and and in your health and in your wealth situation those are both really tightly linked with our, our survival at at a baseline level um, both aspects of life are, are are really important and they and they play off each other so you know dealing with with a, a downtrend you, you're comfortable there you're you're all right with with experiencing a scale back you don't you're not going to panic so i will also add another layer to this is where we could go online and just read a massive array of of people's experiences and stories and ideas for what was happening and we all had to sort of make sense of that in our own way and then you'd see you'd integrate that with what you were experiencing in in life every day and like i you'd get i got sick myself and didn't really experience much of a sickness it seemed like almost nobody was really experiencing any kind of sickness it seemed overblown. Uh, I think to almost everybody would agree that it seemed overblown. And it's not its not callous to say that. Obviously, people were getting sick and people were dying, but it, the extents to which our society panicked over that, I don't think it's debatable that there was a high level of panic um, early on. It, it seemed like it was somewhat warranted and justified. We didn't quite know what to make of this thing, but for whatever reason, the panic seemed to continue on, uh, be perpetuated by politicians. And and there seemed to be an enormous amount of capitalistic aggression, uh, during, during that time period. I think we can all agree on that. Um, and hopefully I'm doing service to the, you know, the holistic situation and it was clearly a time of, of pain and suffering and struggling for our world at large. And as, as an individual following intuition, um, it was, it was difficult because there's an enormous amount of herd mentality going on. And I'm of the belief that the best way society is, is going to flourish is when we have empowered individuals. It's, it's not from authority because power always corrupts. This, this is a truism within our human nature, deep within our human nature. So every time you see power, you can essentially assume corruption. Nobody is a
1: saint. And at least a certain level of corruption.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So a, a lot of us had to deal with, with that and, in a lot of ways, too. And um, how was how nav- navigating that experience in New York City? Because I know that was one of the, the stricter areas. And, and when there's so many people, I imagine the energy level must have just been intense, man.
1: Insane, man. Um, I'm definitely an enigma. I And I had to accept that. Uh, but, you know, I was not allowed to go to the gym, I wasn't allowed to go to restaurants i I lost my career over the mandate. Um, and everyone around me was definitely f- more fearful for me than I was myself of Of course, there's a certain level of fear involved, but like we started to talk about, I had a solid enough foundation from my experiences, whether it be from martial arts, whether it be from You know, developing the discipline to lose weight and keep it off or surviving the Bitcoin bear market of 18 and 19, whatever it was, who I was in that moment when I had to make that decision. It was easy. It was a relatively easy decision for me to make. Uh, But for those around me, they were terrified. And I at first got mad at them or I would get defensive. And because I come from the perspective of, I'm never going to tell you what to do. And I, I expect that you're not going to ever tell me what to do. And um, I, I started to realize that I needed to forgive them because most people were just projecting their fear onto me. And, you know, they, they didn't realize that what they were doing was they were just not comfortable making that decision for themselves. Um, And that's ultimately what it came down to because, you know, maybe they're not defining themselves in the same way that I am, right? Like maybe they're defining themselves by their career. Maybe they're defining themselves by whatever prefix or suffix they have at the end or beginning of their name. So that was a huge learning process for me. Um, It it was definitely dark at at certain points. It was was lonely, but... um, I realized that I only have one body for the rest of my life. And um, if I spent the energy, time, and effort to get healthy in, in the way that I did, there's no way that I was going to mess around with that. And I wasn't going to put my health in the hands of anyone else. And you know, even when you look at the principles of our founding fathers, life, liberty, and property, you know Thomas Jefferson is the one that changed it to Pursuit of Happiness. But ultimately that pursuit of happiness is in pursuit of property and the highest form of property that we have is our body, right? Like, so if we get this one meat suit, I am, I'm not fucking around with that, man. Like, especially when I take it that seriously. Um, That's why that was an easy decision for me. So it was, uh, it was, it was, it was interesting to, to navigate because I'm sitting in my chest knowing that, yeah, this is a no brainer like no brainer. I I don't understand. I don't understand why anyone else or why I'm the literally 1% um in New York City and I constantly had to remind myself that what's happening in New York City isn't really happening everywhere in the country. So I had to remind myself that there are other people that get what I'm experiencing and feeling. So yeah, that that was a big part of it.
0: Yeah, I agree. It was um especially when you have logic as as well the the logic is is pointing in in one direction and and intuition is also pointing in the same direction of of the logic just looking at numbers especially i remember i had um gotten like alpha strain of coronavirus in like december of 2020 and i lost in my sense of smell and and my taste and then um i heard an intuitive uh, energy or and I don't, I don't know how you put it. Anytime you talk about saying you hear a voice in your head, it sounds a little bit crazy. But the idea—the idea was generated that it led me to fast for three days. I hadn't done that before, and yes. this is where I know my life was going. And I felt fine, um, but I wanted to taste and, and smell my food again. So I just it made it really easy to fast for three days because you can't <laughs> taste or smell anything. <laughs> but then after. Around 80 hours, I went back to eating uh, eagerly, and I could taste and, and smell my food. And so you could say that was a coincidence, and, and maybe it was.
1: Even when animals, like when animals are sick or they don't feel well, they don't eat, right? They fast. There's, there's something to that. So I would I'd say that maybe you intuitively knew that if you did eat during that time, you're only expending more energy to digest Uh, Compared to using that energy to rest and, you know, maybe clean, clean your body out of whatever it needs to, to rid.
0: It's true. It's works like that and heals that that energy moves to the healing part of our, of our system that not many people talk about. The Greeks referred to this healing energy force as viriditas. It's a Hmm. force we all experience when we cut ourselves and we see it heal that's the visual reminder that this same thing is happening internally
1: every moment, really a Wolverine quality or like, you know, something like that. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. Just a slower version that unfortunately gets slower as, as we age, which is why people see, you know, they look different. They age because we lose our, our life force. That's the, the same veriditas that the Greeks talk about. And it's known as, you know, Chi in in China and, it's got mm. there's, there's a word for it in almost every other culture and many other cultures there is a uh, name for this concept the key in japan and um i'm sure there's there's more examples but we don't really have a word for it in the, in the english language this you know energy or, or life force none of that really kind of describes it but fasting definitely restores that and and heals gets that working at a, at a higher level and i'm sure that's also connected um With your ability to generate good ideas that are leading you in in, in the right direction. And one of the more fascinating aspects was watching the lack of care about human health, um, seeing advice being given that was exact, sort of counter to how one would want a human or or your friend or your family to to stay healthy, you know, staying indoors and, uh, you know, not getting fresh air or sunlight and then um gyms being closed churches being closed but alcohol liquor stores being left open it was just the whole thing was was incredibly strange and I'm grateful that I had um you know some some inner guidance during that period that that led things to go in in a, in a good direction
1: I was gonna say how is that uh for you dealing with that where you are
0: it wasn't wasn't too much of a, a challenge. Luckily, there there was a period there where, yeah, the restaurants were requiring it, um, but I, I don't really love going out to restaurants too much. Anyways, right. I prefer to cook, you know, mostly at home. But luckily, I was my you know friends and family were were supportive, and and others were making similar decisions based on what they knew to be true, and um, it seemed like a fairly even split among you know people that I knew, and never got a ton of pressure or flack from from it, um, especially because I had natural immunity. So at that point, there was, you know, same thing as a vaccine. And that was just another red flag, the fact that there is no consideration for it. and then it was even demonized to the point where, you know, something that is so obvious that we've known that the Greeks know about it, every other culture knows about this thing that we, you know, clunkily call natural immunity, but it's like, no, this is, this is your life. It's, you. yeah. it's everything. It's yeah. all one thing. And yeah, pretty, pretty strange. As
1: as more information was coming out about that, supporting my stance and my actions taken, I was uh, I felt like the uh, John Travolta meme from Pulp Fiction, where he's like walking into the room and he's just like you know looking around. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't help but feel that every single day. I'm like, all right, is anyone going to admit that, you know, the crazy guy or the guy the fringe guy, uh, you know, the conspiracy theorist was was right, like you know, and and also. Realize that he was nice enough to not tell you what to do, but just pleasantly inform you or have conversations. Um I, I don't know if I'll ever get that, uh to have those conversations with those people, but I I don't need to anyway. Um I, I I'm realizing the only thing in person that I can control is myself. Uh so that that's good that you got that support, um, especially during that time. I'm I'm hoping that more people around me uh are see, are seeing what's happening, and why, and you know maybe making some connections,
0: yeah, for uh, yep. you know
1: in case it happens in the future.
0: Yeah, no, one hundred percent. That's that's the big hope is that just people kind of wake up because it's not even just it's not even this one realm of, of life where like, the pharmaceutical industry maybe being a little shady. It's like the same thing is happening in our food industry where we've got hey, there, there's these companies they're being a little bit shady with everything. Like maybe let's. <laughs> Maybe let's turn
1: it down a notch. Like, let's dial back the trust a little bit. Let's not have blind faith in uh, all these, like, you know, big pharma, big agriculture, uh, et cetera, big tech, and yeah. question a little bit more. Like, you know, like, like that that app that you downloaded to get, uh, like, you know, digital coupons to save money on, it's not free. Like, like, start to, like, realize that you're giving your data away. Like, you know... Um, like, you know, the small little things, like just question everything that you think that, you know, because when you start to question, you start to come up with more answers and, and those answers sometimes help you to change your life for the better forever. And, uh, a lot of people don't like to live in question because it goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning with the black and white perspective, because most people just want to live in the mindset of, I know. And uh, the smartest people that we know are the first ones to say, I don't know. And I'm still asking that question. I'm still searching. Still seeking. Powerful. Yeah, the, what you're saying
0: about the, the big businesses, its I, these, these are definitely one of the stranger things that I've struggled wrapping my, my mind around this, this part of our world and our country and just the way everything works is, is yeah, this obsession, obsession with, uh, big businesses despite them offering mostly self-destructive uh, products even i mean pfizer if you look at them as, as an individual they're they're they've been they're a convicted felon you know they, they the amount of crimes that the u.s government has levied um, and sentenced pfizer to is off the chain Worst. off the chain they're they're like a serial felon and, and and people trust them with medicine and maybe they do make some good medicine but i guarantee you there are better options and it's
1: Blows my mind. They're trying to make profit. Like right there, you need
0: to question a little bit. That's uh, a big red flag. A big, a big question mark that needs to be answered. You know, that leads to potentially not, not so good answers. Really, at the end of the day, if if you're really to embrace, embrace that, and it's similar in, in the food industry where where we've got enormous amounts of pesticides being sprayed on on crops, which is likely causing an enormous amount of cancer down downstream um based on what we know about about these chemicals and um you know it's just not good it ends up in the air in in our water you know specifically something like glyphosate is also ru- ruining soil uh, potentially for generations where, where crops aren't able to grow as as nutritiously or, or taste as good and you know it was all built on this promise it was all built on the promise of we're going to feed the world this is the right thing to do this is this is, this is for the greater good right it, it was a bullshit lie from the start it hasn't remediated starvation to any meaningful degree and we're seeing an incredible amount of farmer suicides in in india you know as a result of gmos and and, and glyphosate and, and all that just coming in Uh, And we've seen an enormous amount of that in our country, you know, farmers, farmers committing suicide. So there's always there's always pros and cons to everything, especially what's being pushed in big business and in the mainstream. So it's important.
1: Oh, man, you've got to be aware of that. How do you how do you think awareness comes about? How do you think because I definitely think it comes through questioning. But, you know, how I don't know, how, how have you become more aware maybe about that stuff?
0: A lot of it's curiosity and is reading and uh, listening to audiobooks, podcasts, just being interested in, in how the world works, being curious. A lot of a lot of it has all just been following curiosity and and seeing where it, where it goes. I think cultivating that is is really important. That's what uh, you know has led to this conversation, which which I'm really enjoying. Podcasting in general, even me getting healthy. A lot of that was was curiosity and and mm. being able to create a better future without cur- some level of curiosity so much in life just falls dead because you're just taking what, what's being given and, and that stuff is just not in our favor.
1: Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree. And I think, so, so maybe, yeah, so maybe the curiosity is what leads you to asking those questions. So it's not the asking the questions that comes first. So it's, it's the, it's being rooted in, in that curiosity. And, you know, just wondering, like, you know, why or how or what or where? Like, you know, where's my food coming from? What, what's what's going into my food, or you know, uh, why am I buying it from this place compared to that place or that farmer? Yeah, so I would say the curiosity is really where it's rooted, and that's what starts it, and and I think that's been my sole driver too in in all of my progress. I uh, my mom always jokes around that a, one of her high school or grammar school teachers in her yearbook wrote. Uh, you know, thank you for asking so many whys, or thank you for asking so many questions uh, in her yearbook, and I think I'm assuming that that's where I get it from from my mom. Uh, but that that's that's really been my my driving force, and and I think it always will be. I just don't know how to instill that in other people. Like even with my students, the way that I spark that curiosity, I think is just by asking questions, and then sometimes you know I'll see them come back the next day. Like, oh, Mr. L, I, I watched the YouTube video. Uh, like, you know, have you ever seen this? And then they'll show me the YouTube video, like, you know, and three minutes of class time already went by and I have to ask them to, you know, let me see it after class. But I'm, I'm trying to figure that out too. I'm trying to figure out how to spark that curiosity.
0: It's a powerful, powerful journey. And I've enjoyed connecting with you on social media. You share a lot of that journey and on a couple of podcasts now as well. It's been Awesome. Getting to know you better and you, having the, the result of, of your curiosity being, being shared with me. I <laughs> learned, learned a lot. And um, thank you. Thank you for your time.
1: Okay. Same, man. Really appreciate you.